And hello, all the. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. And hello, all. This is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, production is so funny today. You know, you have those things that just happen. They're just happening right now. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> You know, I ain't even got how we seconds and seconds in now. I'm sorry about that, everyone. This is Lala Madness. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Moments of Madness. And I'll actually be discussing the Love After Lockup recap, which is episodes 10 through 14, the finale. So, and they did have a two hour finale. And that was the last um, episode, which is episode 14. So, I must say that these episodes were everything. This whole damn season was off the chain. I am sorry to actually see them go, but I am glad to see what the outcomes were for each individual group. Um, and I'll go ahead and, of course, you know, start by breaking down um, first the individual people and, you know, the couple. So, you know where to follow me at, though, um, La La Madness on YouTube, Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram, and also all of my videos, once again, are on YouTube. So, you can like, subscribe, and share there. Now, we'll start off with Tracy and Clint in regards to Love After Lockup. So, now, when he left, when we left off, Tracy was in jail after taking Clint's rental car and going on a crack binge. That's exactly what happened in that order. Okay, he met with a lawyer, finds out that she's been released from one of the jails um, that she was in. And within five days, she called and said she was back in jail again somewhere else. Now, she was speeding, got pulled over, had a parole violation, but she didn't check um, because she didn't check in the parole. So far, they spent 24 hours together since her initial release. That included them getting married and all. And that bitch went on a crack bench and been to two jails since then and locked up. It's been a couple weeks had gone by since then. Now, in a confessional in a jail uniform, Tracy showed off her wedding ring tattoo that she had done with shampoo, ink, and a staple. She had one of her cellmates or her actual roommate do that for her. Um, yeah, a.k.a. the jail tag. Okay. Now, Clint drives down to visit Tracy. And he is told by the lawyer over the phone when he pulls up that she can't have visits. And he is pissed because he drove all the way down there. So he is living. Um, he meets with his parents because he wanted, they wanted to actually cut him off because he still wanted to be with Tracy. And they wasn't trying to hear that shit. Basically like, hell no. Um, his parents don't want him to be hurt, which is understandable. Most parents would want that for their children um, to not be hurt. So I totally get it. Um, they said they have never, they've never dealt with being with a felony person. I don't know what being with a felony person means, but that's what they said. Okay. Now, he owns the rental car company. He owes, excuse me, the rental car company $21,000 for the rental car that she left in the parking lot. So, she says, um, you know, it could have possibly been a Dauphine rental because, you know, they do do that. Car be all over the place. And it's a rental too? Shit. They dogged the hell out of it, talking about she left it in the parking lot. Girl, bye. Okay. Clint and Tracy speak on the phone, and she continues to ask if he wants to end it. He goes off and want, he goes off 
and wants the mic off. And his mom comes out basically to talk to him. He tells her that Tracy broke up with him. He was so hurt, y'all. I ain't never seen nobody that damn hurt in my life. Like, he loved the hell out of this, Tracy. That bitch is a lucky motherfucker, let me tell you. Because he loved her. You know that definition, love her dirty draws? You heard that saying? Yeah, drink the bath water. All that applies to Clinton, Tracy. Okay, because he, yeah. Um, basically, Tracy gets out of jail. Clinton is there to pick her up, as expected. Um, basically, she was skinny as hell. I mean, like... From 175 to 130, skinny as hell. Like, she was kind of healthy. She was thick. She was chunky. He could barely, barely pick her up and all that. Now she was like a buck 30 soaking wet. Like, I'm probably bigger than her. Okay. Now she was smoking that super duper. It's what she had to be doing to get that damn small. And then she ended up going to jail on top of that. So that bitch was in there. And I don't know when nobody put no money on her book. So she could, I don't know. But usually people plumb up when they're in jail. That bitch got smaller, so maybe she was still sneaking something in, or she did that much before she went in, that bitch lost all that weight. I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened um, with that, but that shit was weird. Like, she don't even look like the same person. And basically, he makes her promise that she'll never leave him for the drug and, and proposes again at the pickup location up the side of the road. Okay, now he gives her a second chance, tell her to gain her way back, and knows that he likes his, because um, she knows he likes his women big. So they was like, you're going to have to get this weight back, boo, because this little skinny shit ain't going to work. Okay, he let her know that. Don't lose your man losing weight, I guess is what that sounds like. Okay. Now, he gives her a second chance, tells her to gain the weight back, and um, basically, she finally makes it to the house. He carries her through the door. She thanks him for loving her and sticking with her, basically, through all this bullshit that she didn't put this nigga through because he's been through some shit. Um, Clint gets fired from the hotel by the ex-wife because basically remember the ex-wife was his um, boss at the hotel that he was like the night auditor at or customer service basically is what he was doing. Um, and he is now working with his parents at a, the meat market, the family owned meat market that they own. So go figure. Um, they hope to renew their vows in front of their friends and family in the future. And they like to have everyone there because, you know, they did kind of have that little. But I thought the friends and family were actually there the first time. I'm not sure. Like, it was a lot of people there, I, if I'm not mistaken, whatever have you. Anyway, that's the end of them. Moving on to Lizzie and Scott. So, Lizzie and Scott, as we know, they are something the fuck else. So, we're going to go ahead and get in on them so that we they can let us know what's been going on. And I'm going to let y'all know what's been going on because they told us about it. It's interesting, too. Okay. Now, after the engagement, Lizzie's daughter, Jasmine, as we know, cannot stand Scott ass. Okay, she's not happy at all, and she said, fuck his feelings. Lizzie um, basically called it a promise ring and said it could be a promise ring for 10 years because, mind you, they haven't had sex. So, Scott says that he sold everything. He, he, he has loans out everywhere. He's maxed out six credit cards, sold a lot of his cars. But when I sell the house, he'll file bankruptcy first before he do that. I mean, nigga, you don't, like, that's everything else. You, like, you got loans out everywhere, maxed out six fucking credit cards. What was the limit on them motherfuckers? That's what make the difference to everybody. If there was some big-ass limits, that nigga gets hurt. You know, we might not be talking about no 3,000 limit because he was a truck driver. So he might have had that bread and probably had some good-ass credit. And he probably was taking out loans on every fucking thing. Lizzie and Jasmine head out the shop for wedding dresses. Jasmine says she needs to get a job. Basically, um, that Lizzie needs to get a job, and she sees Scott as a trick. Basically, she's still treating him like one. 
Um, Lizzie thinks God will give her stability and will pay for everything. He does not want sex and everything will be handled. And she wants that, basically. That she don't have to have sex with him and he's still going to pay for everything. That's basically what she said out of her own fucking mouth. So this bitch was making it clear. He bought her a car. Keep in mind, she has no damn driver's license as it was suspended due to DUIs. So how you get out and get somebody a whole motherfucking car knowing you in debt of $90,000, which I previously reported, and you still go and buy her a whole motherfucking car and she can't even drive it. Okay. Now Scott's car declined at dinner the other night and she was nervous that the car would decline for her to spend $1,900 on clothes while she was out shopping with her friend that she didn't think was an issue. Now she says she used Scott. Um, she used to use Scott, but not anymore. Now she actually loves him. Congratulations for you, Scott. You've graduated. All right. Now, um, while she's making um, while she's making him a jail cake, they talk about how she's arguing with her daughter about him, and he has to deal with not having sex and paying bills. They basically start arguing. Um, she gives an interview, basically in the hallway with the producers, and you know how they stop and be like, "Well, blah blah." With all the cameras. So basically that's what she was doing. He walks out as that's happening. And that creates another scene. Basically she was saying that his eyes was doing something weird. Because um, he was looking down. And he walks out or whatever. It's because he was looking down. And he wasn't looking at her when he responded to something. She stated that his eyes was doing something weird. And that's what she was telling producers. During her interview or her little confessional time. In the hallway. Away from him. After that situation. Now. Um, he actually has said that he was much better when she was in prison because now that she was out, she doesn't care. So, I mean, damn, though, Scott, you wish the bitch back in prison? That She must be awful. But I can see, I can tell she's something the fuck else. Like, ah, she's been using the fuck out of him since she was in jail. Okay. Lizzie said, keep, keep this now, that she had 23 cell phones and spent $30,000 basically on 23 cell phones. Okay, that's how she got the money from her tricks. She hid her phone in the top of her vajayjay because they never searched there, which is what she said. And she was able to make her phone calls and her pictures, keep her coins coming in, and keep more phone payment and heroin that she was buying in there along with everything else that was happening. So go figure. And Scott does not answer any of her calls. She comes in the room while he's laying down. He's upset about her spending the $2,000 the other day and finally tells her that he is broke. Now she said, why didn't he tell her? Why didn't he think about that when he was giving her all this money? And he said, because he was thinking about her. But in her opinion, she was like, but you went ahead and did that because you wanted to do it. Not because I asked you to, which is true. But then at the end of the day, you know, his weakness is for her. And so she took advantage of him and he fucking let her because he gave her everything and continued to do it. We bought somebody that ain't got a fucking driver's license or car. Clearly, you're not thinking. Like, clearly, you're not. Like, come the fuck on. She ain't even been out of jail like two fucking weeks or some shit. He paying for a hotel every day. Come on. And paying for two rooms because they ain't sleeping in the same room because they ain't having sex. Now, she said that spending the $2,000 was only spending money and wants to know if he's still going to be able to help her out. She said, if you, have, if you don't have money, then I don't need you. And that pretty much was the end of that shit right there. She let it be known clear as fuck. If you don't have money, then I don't need you. Lizzie tells her daughter that she is not going to be with Scott no more and that he is broke. Now, Scott leaves and says that she is scared 
about having to do it on um, Sky Lee's, and she actually says to in the confessional that she's scared about having to do it by herself because uh, Sky was taking care of everything. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is what she said. Now, Lizzie gets a job at a factory, and she's actually been there for about seven weeks up until the end of the show. And she drives there and back in the car that Scott got her. The same one I just was talking about. Now, how you feel about that, America? The same car that I just was talking about that Scott ended up getting her that she couldn't use to drive, she ended up being able to drive her ass to a job that she ended up getting, that her daughter was trying to push her to be independent, get your own job, don't depend on him, blah, blah, blah. Because she knows you need to be an independent motherfucker. You've been in jail for 10 years, depending on these niggas come up out of that mindset. So I guess she drove that car to the, wherever the fuck they went, and then she ended up, or unless the daughter had a driver's license. But in the end of the show, they ended up showing her ass riding around in the car to and from work. Maybe she got one of them special permits where you could drive to and from work, and that's it. And whatever have you, she's back at home. She's back with her family. She's independent, you know, and her and her daughter are much closer now. They show pictures and everything of them. So um, Scott actually moved on with a new friend named Jasmine and that he met at the gas station. So Jasmine, not the same Jasmine, that's the daughter, but Jasmine is in the girlfriend, okay, that is now with Scott. Okay. So Scott is working to pay off his debts, and him and his girlfriend Jasmine is going slow and steady. And Lizzie is actually not happy that Scott moved on so quickly because she's just working at her little factory job, but she's doing good. She should be happy. She's like she's working paycheck to paycheck, but it's something that she, you know, is better than her previous lifestyle. So I commend her for that. She moved on. Scott, I commend you for moving the fuck on too and getting out of that crazy ass shit with her because. It just needed it needed to bend over with when you spent two thousand dollars. Like what the hell you mean? Like what? Anyway, Caitlin and Matt. This is a doozy. So let's go ahead and get into Caitlin and Matt. Now she basically goes out to check an apartment. Matt, um, as we know, was late. Um, they argue and it goes bad. Matt goes to window shopping for a ring for Caitlin immediately after, or like maybe within that week with his homeboy, which was really weird. Um, Kaylin basically gets a call that her mother died, which rest in peace. I feel sorry for her about that. Don't want to hear anybody lost their mother. So I know that was a tough thing to go through. Um, they did have a little rest in peace in memory thing for the mother as well on the show at the beginning and end of the episode. Well, the end of the episode, rather. Um, and she feels guilty that she chose Matt over her mom because her mom didn't want her to be with Matt. Initially, remember, I reported in the previous recap that the mother actually kicked her out and that's when she ended up going to go stay with Matt's mom before he ended up getting out of jail because her mom was not wanting her to be with Matt. Okay, and I think it was basically because they have a strained relationship due to drugs and she didn't want her to have a man with a drug problem that would bring her the same pain that she did because Matt actually has a addiction to, I think he said, Crystal, I think he said Matt. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And he said that that's going to come before anything. And his mama kept telling her that he get out, get on that shit. And that's all he understand. He asked the motherfucking fool, period. Now, um, Caitlin is struggling through the death of her mother. Her and Matt have a petty argument in the driveway. 
Like she needs support. She doesn't feel like he's supporting her throughout whatever she needs support with, as far as especially through the death of her mother. Okay, then a man have a talk with the lady at the funeral home or the grief counselor. You know the people that have talked to you, and it went totally left. I mean, he tells her that this is his first relationship, and he just got out of prison. Um, she wants him to keep promises of getting a job, moving out the mom's house, getting married, having kids, all the normal white picket fence lifestyle, normal life shit that she wants after waiting on his ass to come out of prison. But she gets mad and storms out because he starts talking because she starts talking shit. And he tells her to pipe down. She says he's not supporting her and that she deserves better. So she checks into his hotel, gives a little time for herself, you know, for a free few days, she said. Um, less than a day later, she gets a call from Matt saying that he's in jail for possession of a stolen vehicle, everybody. Now, Matt, how the hell did you get? He claimed he did not know that it was a stolen vehicle and that his homeboy had let him use the vehicle or whatever have you. Um and he was basically joyriding and some stolen shit. And that's what his charge was on top of him being on parole currently. Now, she tells his mom that she'll bail him out. Um, they get into it before he goes to court. She does not know if she wants to bail him out or not. He does, she, um, he does get bailed out. I'm not sure if she actually bailed him out or not. Um, he's actually facing 10 years in prison as far as the charges with the car. Um, if he can't get off on that and he gets out and he does not come home for days once he is bailed out. She packs up and leaves. Basically, they break up. They have a whole scene like in the driveway and he finishes the season out basically with a new girlfriend. Some new chick that he ended up moving out of the mama's house, moving in with. He couldn't move out with her after she stood by his ass and did all this and that. But he could move on with another bitch and move in with her out the mama's house. I'm confused. I don't know. Maybe that bitch is paying too. Just like I don't like I don't know. All right. Now let's get on to one of our more interesting, interesting stories. And I am going to say interesting because I have two whole fucking pages on them alone. Because you know I got my notes. It's too much going on. So I got my notes. These bitches is... <laughs> this is Michael, Megan, and Sarah. I got to get the notes together for y'all. Because y'all got a lot going on. So y'all keep up with the storyline. Because I um, actually go back. I watch them as they come out. And then when I do the um, recaps. I actually go back and do it. Like watch it, rewatch it again, and do my notes as I'm watching it to make sure I don't miss anything because of course I have a human brain, and they only hold so much, and so I gotta I go back, know the main points, and I'm like, oh, let me make sure I didn't miss nothing, and so I can get all the tea, and I got all of it. Okay, now Michael, Megan, and Sarah, and here we go. After Michael, Michael and Megan spend a night at Niagara Falls, he has not been home for two days. So Sarah calls and says his PO has been looking for him. He leaves Megan in the hotel. He comes home. Sarah expresses her frustration. They argue. It ends up with them kissing. Sarah's friend is watching them make up and is fucking pissed. When I tell you, America, she is livid. Like, how the fuck she keep on letting this nigga back in? He keep on doing the same things. Like, why do we keep experiencing this? And she still keep falling for it. She was over it because she had been there the whole two days consoling and being with um, Sarah the whole time that she was crying and whining over where the fuck he was at. So, I get it. I get it. Now, Michael and Sarah have a play date with their daughter, and he confesses that him and Sarah had sex um, in a confessional. 
which we already knew that, but I guess they had sex recently because remember she's pregnant now currently. So we know she had sex with you when you first got there, but this was more recent sex, he's explaining. He said that he came in the shower. She came in the shower with him and seduced him. He didn't want to do it though. This is all happening while Megan is heading home to the airport. So how do you like have sex with someone and you ain't want to do it in the shower when they seduce you? How'd that be happening? Be, is that like one of them like I slipped and fell in it type things? Is that don't work, bro? That's not gonna. All right, you did it because you wanted to do it. You have been fucking that pussy. You got that pussy pregnant again since you've been out. You've been fucking it. Period. You've been doing it over and over and over, and as long and you gonna keep fucking her as long as you think that that's gonna continue to get your ass out of shit and make sure that she gonna leave your ass. You gonna keep on throwing her the dick. Make sure of that. Anyway. Um, anyways, moving right along. Um, Sarah is actually pregnant, like I mentioned. She says she's waiting to tell Michael until it's the right time. He still does not know as of yet. She's been pregnant for a while up at this point. Megan said, um, calls Michael and says that he's coming down, that she's coming down in a few days. He says his mom and sister is coming down and she says she would love to meet them and she is still coming. Basically trying to put her bed in like, oh yeah, you know, well, great. I'd love to meet them because... Mom is going to be there great because she didn't talk to the little mama on FaceTime a time or two or whatever. So she thinks that they are just like the best of buddies, not knowing that the mama is in between her son living a whole double life. And the other part of the double is you, boo. You the double. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael's mom has a talk with him and tells him basically to cut off Megan to keep him and his um, keep the relationship that he has with Sarah and his daughter. And um, he mentions that Sarah did every. She mentions that Sarah did everything. Kept money on his books, money on the phone, parole is at her house. Blah 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 blah. Basically, she take care of that nigga financially. The mama even said it. He said it. Sarah even says it sometimes. Like I'm the best thing he got to survive. Yeah, that's who you are for him. That's what you made yourself to be, and the chick that keep having kids for him. I don't know how this gonna work out. Okay. Um. Let me see. Where are we? Oh, when Megan comes in town, Michael meets her at the airport. Now, he's supposed to be after having this talk with the mom, having a talk with Megan to tell her that he needs to break up with her because he wants to save his household, which he actually lives with Sarah because Sarah, um, because Megan has no clue that he lives with Sarah. Just that he lives in the same area so that he can see his daughter, not that he lives in the same house. Right, because she think that she coming down there to get an apartment and they going to live together and all this. And, yeah, she just showed up like I'm here with a one-way ticket, that part. Yeah. Now, he's supposed to be telling her that he's not going to be with her, but he actually doesn't. Instead, he tells her that he has to go see his PO by 6. Now, they find out at 5.30 that they are 41 minutes away because she put in the wrong address in the GPS the, to a different city. They ended up being 41 minutes away from the location they needed to be at. He basically was 10 minutes late. The PO sees him driving up, tells him he does not have permission to drive and that they seen him driving up. So why the fuck, if you know you're not supposed to be driving and Sarah blowing your phone up because you're 10 minutes late, they call him blowing up her phone and all this, then how the fuck you pull up driving knowing that people are going to probably be in the parking lot looking for your ass? 
And they can roll the fucking camera back and see if your ass drove in anyway. Why would you do that? Late is late. Shit. As you can see, 10 minutes is the same as one minute. You could have made it an extra minute and switched drivers and been done with that. Anyway. Um, but the killer part is um, the PO said that he didn't have permission to drive. Well, how the fuck he don't when he been driving everywhere through the whole the whole season? Like, since he got out of jail, this nigga been in that little, what, day crisis 300 driving all over the place, which is actually, um, she claimed that it's her car. But I don't know. He's been driving it and he claimed that it's his car. She claimed that it's her car. I don't know. Is it Sarah's? Is it Michael's? It's the car. But she drives a white car. So that's a totally different car. So I don't know if it's just registered in her name because we know he don't have a license. So what the hell are you going to register? So at the end of the day, I don't know how that's working. But he wasn't supposed to be driving it. But he's been driving it the whole fucking season. So how many times are they going to watch it just like we did and see that his ass was driving it? I don't know. People don't think about that shit. That's weird. Okay. So he does go to jail. They do arrest him there. He does get four months. Okay. The mother comes to the hotel and and lets Megan know that he has four months. Michael's PO tells Sarah about him being with Megan and being late because he picked her up from the airport. Basically, the PO ended up contacting Sarah and met or met with her and told her all the tea as far as how he got picked up with Megan, how um, he was late, how he was driving, how all of that, like, told her the full-blown everything. Um, Michael calls and Sarah, Michael calls and Sarah asks him, did he bring Megan to Niagara Falls and have sex with her because the PO told her everything? Um, his response was, why is she asking all this and asking all these questions? And she said, um, she asked if he loves Megan and he said he don't have time to answer those type of questions either. She tells him that she's pregnant again and that she will find a way to get a divorce while he's in there. She confesses to a friend that him and Megan and Michael is engaged. So that him, um, she confesses to her friend that Megan and Michael is engaged. And she found pictures, sex pictures of Megan next to pictures of their daughter. She was pissed off about that because she was like, you know, going through the email. She basically had access to his phone because they came. The PO came and brought the phone. They came and told her the whole story. She had access to the email. She checked all the emails from all the accounts and saw all the correspondence from between her and Michael all the way from back in the beginning. So, yeah. Mm. Now, she can... Um, Sarah and Megan actually meet up to talk. It's a bunch of petty back and forth about whose man it is, how long Sarah feels like Mike, Megan is the side chick and she should respect her as the wife and blah, blah, blah. Point blank, he lied to both of y'all asses. That's my take on it. That's me. La La Madness said it. He lied to you. He lied to you. He got your ass pregnant. He whole ass married you, got you pregnant and got her over here. Um, whole ass engaged and broke virginity. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, he did all that. Yeah, to both of y'all. So they sit up there going back and forth with each other. And really it was Sarah that was being petty and angry. And yeah, you need to respect me, bitch. Hold on. That I'm not even gonna get that. That's another that that's another episode. Right. Um basically Megan told Sarah that she didn't do this. To her, um, Sarah did agree. Sarah tells Megan that she's pregnant. 
um, she let her know that she's met her mom and basically that she done met his mama and all this. And so Sarah's hurt, like, damn, so everybody knew but me. So, like, basically he been going around. The mama been knowing, the whole family been knowing about this chick and ain't nobody told me. So that's basically how it was going, boo. That's exactly how it happened. Um, then they have they have the talk they need to have basically as women go their separate ways. Michael and Sarah talk. Um, she basically let them have it because she was pissed off about everything um, that just that happened between her and Megan. And Megan tells her dad when she gets back that Michael was married the whole time. Sarah is pregnant. Pretty much everything that she found out while talking to Sarah. Um, she said Michael made her his mistress and basically, and she didn't tell the daddy about that virginity though. She did leave that out conveniently, but I'm sure he'll watch the show and he can see what happened. Or I'm sure his friends will tell him, child, I seen that damn show your daughter in, nigga. She gave up the put. Yeah, she did. As my son would say, the put. Anyway. Um, now. She says she gets physically sick now at this point when she thinks of him. Um, she calls while Megan is, uh, basically he calls, my, excuse me, Michael calls while Megan is filming. She asks him if he's really married. He said it's not the right time right now. Um, and she basically hung up on him because he didn't want to answer the question. He is, every question you ask this nigga, he good at avoiding it. Like he can't never face anything head on and acknowledge what the fuck he did. He just do shit. Um, Megan said he never meant to hurt, uh, Michael said he never meant to hurt her. Um, but she said, but he said he was sorry for how he treated her and hoped that she could get past it and he still loves her. This is what he was telling, um, um, what he was saying about Megan. Michael was still in contact with both Sarah and Megan or whatever. Um, Michael's out of jail now and they had their second daughter named Rain. So, um, Sarah did have the second child. It was another girl. And so... There's a, there are additional bundles. So congratulations to them. I find it very strange y'all bring a baby in the middle of all this foolishness. But she going to be okay because every time I turn around, the baby is at the grandparents' house, the dad's house, the this person's house. It's at everybody else's house. So And she's a waitress and she go to school. So she got plenty of time apparently to drop her kids off. She don't live a normal life like everybody else they got to worry about. Taking them to daycare and here and there and, and paying. She probably on one of their car insurance. They probably paying her car note. All this shit is probably happening because she pulling the single parent routine. That's how she was able to make sure that he straight and got money and shit. Because they got her. Because like, child, but anyway, Marcelino and Brittany. Moving on. That was the end of Michael, Sarah, and Megan. And we're moving on to Marcelino and Brittany. Once again, if you're just tuning in, this is the recap of the finale, last couple episodes of Love After Lockup. All right, so Marcelino and Brittany. So Amanda is basically invited to dinner with Marcelino and Brittany, and it's a showdown and a fight for Brittany's love. That shit was terrible. Brittany has a little, um, was a little fresh at first, kissing Amanda in front of Marcelino. Um, he said that he was not, he does not want to take their relationship in the direction of being with Amanda as well. He doesn't want to share her with another woman, basically, or with anybody. Amanda ends up leaving and Brittany chases her down in the parking lot. They have this old heartfelt discussion and Brittany is going to be with Marcelino. That's what she basically decides that she's going to do. Um, and that's where they kind of leave it at. Um, Brittany still wants Amanda to be her friend, though. They end up, end up kind of leaving on an okay note. 
um, and just saying that they were just going to have a friendship. Brittany and Marcelino have a cookout slash birthday party for um, Marcelino and invite friends, including Amanda, on the friendship level. Amanda brings a woman that she's known for 20 years, and they're working on being together once Amanda finds out what's happening between her and Brittany. So basically, even after the last conversation, Amanda is still confused that this is a whole nother party, a whole nother event. Like you bring somebody else totally different that you're supposed to be interested in or trying to see if you can move forward with. And you're not going to move forward with them until you find out what's going on with you and Brittany. Like why? That shit is dead. Y'all are friends. So bitch, bring your people, do your do because she clearly has moved on. So why are you still on pause on what she going to do? Girl, why? Okay. And you know that she pregnant because she invited you to the thing. Oh, no, wait. Did she know she was pregnant? No, no. She didn't know. My bad. Not yet. Oops. So, um, that was a spoiler alert, by the way. So, um, basically, Amanda brings a woman that she's known for 20 years, and she makes a statement. Amanda makes a statement to Marcelino that he has her, he has had her girl, and basically things go left because she's like yeah I gave you permission I let you have her and all this old macho ass shit when this ain't even the time when you at my house bitch this is not it so anything is liable to happen at this point so Brittany goes off and says that she wants Amanda and her friend to go um, Marcelino tells them to exit because he was like you know this is, this is dealing with felons it could get volatile don't act like you ain't a navy he a marine or something so you know you about that life you know you done seen it you stay in Vegas. I know some people that live in Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. You may be a you may be a changed man, but guarantee you done seen a little bit. Don't act like talking about these is felons, child. They your people. Cause you about to marry you. All right. Now. Um Brittany then actually confides to a friend that she's pregnant and she's not told Marcelino yet at this point. Brittany's son has his first sleepover with her and Marcelino. It goes well. That was actually a cute moment. Um, you know, his first time sleeping over with them alone because, you know, the son actually lives with the father. So that was a nice moment um, there. A little move forward as a family unit. So I was happy to see that. Um, Brittany tells Marcelino that she's pregnant and he's very, very excited to be having his first child at 40. So... You know, she still got a little bit of time. She like still in her twenties or something, or twenty something, and he's forty, so he's lived a little bit. He's ready to settle down, and he has the stability. And you know, he get his little retirement pension or whatever he get. He got his little, he got a little check. Okay, they talk about her fears of him waking up one day and not wanting a family. Um, she wants a commitment pretty much, and you know, they talk in the grocery store for a little while about. Um, if he's going to be able to stay committed and how he's never really had to deal with commitment and never had kids. He hasn't dealt with none of that before. Um, so they go for their first date in downtown Las Vegas. He walks her to a street card trick, a card trick um, magic show, basically, in the middle of the street. Well, on the sidewalk, not in the middle of the street. That would be bad. Basically. Um, and it seems innocent, and he actually ends up proposing, which it was done in a cute way. She had no clue. It looked like a totally, like they just walked up on it and chose to participate. And the guy was actually in on um, providing the ring and everything um, during the act. And he proposed, and she accepts, and everything is happy. Um, and, 
Brittany and Amanda basically have not spoken since Marcelino's birthday party. It's been about five months since Brittany's release. And Brittany goes to Amanda's house. She finds out Brittany is pregnant and um, and getting married as well. Because now they're going to get married after they're engaged and she's pregnant. But it's been such a time lapse since then. So it seems like she has a little resentment but asked to be invited to the wedding. It was like weird. Um, so they get married with all of their friends and family there, including Amanda and her boyfriend. Um, yeah, you heard me. Including Amanda and her boyfriend. So Amanda was with um, or was upset about wanting to be with Brittany so bad. Remember, that was like a whole entire message, damn self. And then you have... The chick that she brought that she's known for 20 years that she brought to the event that she was waiting to see if they get together, what's going to happen between them two. It's going to depend on their future. But you already was there because she was just giving your ass to run around. She just needed somebody to bring. And that was probably your little spiel that she told you to say, too. Anyway, so those two, now she got a whole dude. Like, the dude was there. I saw him. He was there holding her hand and everything. They were sitting in the audience. I was like, oh, okay. And they actually ended up after the wedding. The wedding was beautiful. It was nice, I must say. Like, they went all out. Like, it was a beautiful moment. Um, and they had a baby girl named Ziola. Z-I-O-L-O. Z-I-O-L-A, excuse me. Ziola. And is moving into a new house in Las Vegas. That's supposed to be their update of what's coming in the future for them. But they did have the baby already. So, congratulations to them. And, as you know, I always like to finish off the show with a couple highlights of the season because it was a long season as well as that long as two hour finale but they needed that because there was a lot of shit that happened okay and this was a long finale so i did try to condense it as much as possible because i had like episodes 10 through 14 in here so it was a lot going on so my bad with that so anyways um the highlights of love after lockup um this season rather or is the fact that there were two weddings and that will be Marcelino and Brittany and also Clint and Tracy. Now, Michael and Sarah were already actually married like a year before the episode even aired. So that doesn't count. They don't count. No. Oops. All right. So um, those were the two weddings, Marcelino and Brittany, Clint and Tracy. And um, two pregnancies, you have Marcelino and Brittany who actually delivered their baby. And you have Michael and Sarah. They both have actually delivered their baby. They both were both girls. Um, and as well, you have two breakups. So you have like two, two, and two, right? Weird. You have two breakups, which will be Caitlin and Matt. They did not stay together. And Lizzie and Scott did not stay together. Even though they each mutually are doing their own thing. You know, Lizzie is not with anybody. Scott's moved on. He's with somebody Caitlin and Matt, I don't know if she's with somebody at the moment, but I know Matt moved in with some chick. So, go figure. That is what happened in Love After Lockup. Leave any comments or anything about the show or any topics that you'd like to see in particular. And once again, this is a moment of madness with the Love After Lockup recap finale. And follow me on YouTube. Catch out all, catch all of my videos as well as all of my previous recaps, along with the recap prior to this one for Love After Lockup on YouTube. And follow me on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at La La Madness. And until we speak again, ta-ta.